Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Howdy, Watchers. It's Dan, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. It's a little surreal that we're already at 79 episodes. Thanks for sticking with us. This week, writer, social worker, and fellow brother in booze, Aaron Yelverberg, a.k.a. Sleeping on Edge, leaves us a voicemail pitch for the limited psychological thriller series, The Patient, which is available on Hulu. Jason Nine and I subsequently provide our feedback while mentioning Steve Carell's prior movie roles, copious amounts of Judaism talk, triangulating the area which this show takes place using seasons and Duncan locations, Nyan's past theater roles, a shout-out to Uni K-Wax and NYC for their assistance with Nyan's body hair, the only Wax's platform that is not forthcoming, commentary on the challenge culture on TikTok and Instagram, and of course, extended urination scenes. If this podcast is the best or worst thing you've ever heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you hit us up on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, you'll probably get a possibly informative or witty response from one of us if that's the thing you want. Finally, if you have a show or movie you want us to watch, please leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page at anchor.fm slash watchokplease. Alright, watchers, it's time to order some Asian takeout with our Duncan and get chained up for this pitch and feedback. Hi, Watch OK Please team. It's Aaron Yavelberg, uh, otherwise known as at Sleeping on Edge everywhere else. Um, I am calling to let you know that you have to watch The Patient on Hulu. Um, it is a fantastic miniseries. Uh, it is a sort of a psychological thriller, I guess you'd say. Um, but uh, yeah, granted, I am a little bit biased because I am a therapist by trade and Steve Carell plays a therapist on the show. Um, I'm also Jewish and <laughs> there is a very heavy uh, Jewish influence throughout the plot of the show. I'm not spoiling anything by this, I promise. Um, that being said... Uh, everybody, I think, would enjoy, I don't know, enjoy, but certainly get something out of watching it, um, if only for the amazing acting uh, by everybody involved. So watch it, okay? Please, and let me know what you think. Bye, guys. Howdy, watchers. I, I hope you had a good chance to listen to the feedback from the one, the only, Yaron Yabelberg. So he's also known as Sleeping on Edge out there on Twitter. I'm just going to just read off his bio for you guys out there. In no particular order, he is a father, husband, brother, son, cousin, friend, Chicago sports fan, oh, and writer and social worker. Dad jokes are how I eye roll, and he identifies as he, him, representing Queens, New York here. And again, Aaron, I've known basically through Greg and Doug and the the crew over there at Brothers and Booze, available to watch Friday nights and anywhere Daddy Porter is found on the the web out there. And, you know, Aaron, you know, is a, a... tremendously you know in- intriguing and intelligent individual he is a social worker and writer by trade in that regard so there, you can kind of see a little bit of his kind of mindset as it comes and it relates to this pitch obviously since he is you know works in the, in the field if you will but i you know aaron you know has brings a lot to the table he also has a fine taste in both whiskey but more so with gin and so i have you know i do i do you know i i am going to take up some of his recommendations he's given over the course out there because i do want to try some of the interesting gins he's had that i definitely have yet to have but yeah but along those lines i think i'm very excited to you know you know talk about you know because for me you know you know i did have a psychologist in the family 
And I do have people that work kind of in related fields, if you will. So I do have like a little bit of that in the back of my head going into this. Then again, again, when I see Steve Carell, I think we all have a different idea of when we see Steve Carell and something, what we think it's going to be about or what it might be like. So I'm interested to hear what you guys thought about when you first heard this voicemail. I actually, this one was on my radar. So it was kind of cool that he pitched it and gave me a reason to watch it because it just genuinely looked interesting. Well, I think a lot of people don't give Steve Carell enough credit as a dramatic actor. I think there are folks that do, but I think everyone mostly just thinks of him as Michael Scott from The Office and maybe from The Daily Show. And of course, Evan Almighty, which everyone uh, thinks about all the time. No, they don't. <laughs> so, Give me Carson Yeah. Oh, right. F40 Virgin, one of the best movies of all time. Love that movie. So yeah, I don't think a lot of people think about him as a dramatic actor. This seemed like an interesting turn. Domino Gleason, who I actually was really have been interested in since not the Star Wars version where he played Hux, but the he <laughs> right. was in a show called Run with Merritt Weaver. And I forget, shoot, I'm forgetting who the writer was, but it might have been Phoebe Waller-Bridge Bridge, hmm. who did that post Fleabag. Okay. And that was that was an HBO. I don't think it got a second season, unfortunately, but it was really interesting. So I, this was on my radar to check it anyway. And I, the pitch kind of just added to it in terms of, I also have an interest in Judaism, having to, based on where I went to college. <laughs> so I didn't grow any Hindu. I do know a lot about Judaism. So this that was interesting. It wasn't one of the trailer, but that was certainly intriguing. Aaron, appreciate that. But yeah, Jason, what, was this on your radar? Or would you think Aaron's pitch for this? I hadn't heard anything about this show. So this sort of totally came out of left field. I thought it was going to be like a medical show or something. Oh, right, right. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, I sort of wasn't sure what to expect. And, you know, I'm glad uh, he he put something out there because it put something yeah. on my radar that I hadn't heard of. And I always love hearing uh, from people and trying something new, not just the three of us bouncing the same stuff back and forth, but That's right. you know, bringing in something a little different to, to the group. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm probably one of the most, you know, tunnel vision people when it comes to content. You know, I think really, you know, I, I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, mostly because, like, you know, other than you know the, the Hux reference for 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 Don Paul, I mean, I for me, it's like, okay, well, of course, it's Bill. He's one of the Weasleys as well. So, oh, uh, right. so totally tunnel vision in that regard. It was somewhere in between you guys. I kind of saw part of a trailer on Hulu that was when I was watching something else. So I kind of was tangentially aware about it, but I wasn't necessarily on my radar to actually watch. So, yeah, I definitely, again, I, I definitely appreciate, you know, the chance to, to branch out into kind of other areas or genres that I might not, you know, take a lot of chance to stroll into. So I think it, now that we've, you know, discussed, you know, our thoughts on that, I think it's time to dive right into tell Aaron what we thought. I really like this. I, I It was so, I mean, just from a structure perspective, the, the short, like, 20-minute episodes, only like, I think the entire series is 10 episodes long. I got through the first three. We had talked about it and just doing the the first three. I don't know if uh, well, we can get into folks if, if they got uh, further along into it, but it was paced well that I never got bored. I ended up like binging all, uh, the first three, like right in a row. And there were enough hooks at the end of those to keep me interested. So I was definitely enjoying this so far, at least for the first three episodes I've seen. And I'm definitely intrigued to, to keep going because it seems to be, from my perspective, telling the story well enough in terms of kind of just doling out little breadcrumbs of information, but not overloading us with exposition, kind of keeping it tight. I think Carell and, and is doing a decent job. And then, you know, what's weird with 
Domino Gleason as I think we will go spoiler heavy on this. I am correct me wrong, yes. but let, we, let, we, we will, this is this is your warning, everybody. If you if you have not watched it yet, stop pause this here and come back. I feel like the makeup department's doing a good job with Domino Gleason making him look like a serial killer. <laughs> There's something about the way they, they just did up his cheekbones. I was like, oh, that dude has murdered people. <laughs> but yeah i'm finding this compelling what do you guys think i was maybe a little more neutral on the show i didn't dislike it i think the parts that drew me in the most were the flashbacks for steve carell yeah interesting yeah i, I agree with you the the format is a little weird and in fact i googled the imdb page for this after i made it through four episodes Oh, wow. And after I did that, I well, four episodes, that was an hour and 28 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in fact, I only was going to watch the first three. And then at the end of the third one, there's that cliffhanger. I'm like, well, I got to know who's upstairs. So that was the cliffhanger. It was someone upstairs or no? It was. Oh, at the end of the two episodes? Two, that was two into three. Oh, that, was, that was end of two. Oh, end of end three. three. Is that when, okay, now we're going to get real spoilers. Is yeah. that when the body comes, or not the body, but the prisoner comes yes. in? Yeah, yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I got to see where this goes. Uh, and so I ended up watching four, and then I didn't get a chance to to keep going. It's funny. So I, I googled the IMDb page just before getting on, and a lot of the reviews on there are all saying the same thing. It's all these people who cannot stand the twenty-two minute format of the show. Interesting. I, I don't know why. Apparently, when the show originally came out, it was literally like a week-to-week show. Oh, and right. 20, now I could see that getting really annoying if I only got 22 minutes. Yep. And then I was like, all right, see you next week. And I, but being able to stream it, I actually kind of liked it because like, I would start getting into it. And there were, at times, I thought it was a little dull, to be honest. But I'd be like, well, there's only 11 minutes left in this episode. And then there would be something that would happen at the end. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next year. And then, like, I would get going. And then five minutes into the next episode, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm not that interested. Oh, but there's only 16 minutes left. So, you know, might as well see where this is going. <laughs> and then there'd be another cliffhanger and I'd want to keep watching. I think this came out after The Bear, right? If I remember correctly? Yes, I think you're right. Because mm. I'm thinking about another show. Well, The Bear came out all, I think all the episodes dropped and were available for streaming immediately. Right. So that'd be definitely a contrast there, but kind of similar in terms of like just short episodes. I think it sounds like what they probably should have done is dropped everything at once. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might have increased the review average across the board, I think. I agree. So for me, one of the things I, I didn't love is, so I'm, I'm sort of not a huge fan of like therapist shows in general. And even though like, obviously this is not about a therapist, this is about a guy, he is a therapist, but... It's really about the fact he's chained in a basement. Forced therapy. <laughs> yeah, with a serial killer. It is still therapy, and I find the seeds with the therapy, and they're like, I'm like Donald Gleason. He brings up, like, his dad one more time, and I'm just rolling my eyes. Like, oh, <laughs> come on. He's just a killer. It's not his dad's fault. <laughs> I understand where you come from. That's actually one of the reasons I won't watch In Treatment, because that just mm-hmm. seems tedious. Yeah. But- and Kate's watched it. I've walked in on it. I was like, I don't, I pay someone else for this. Like I pay my actual therapist. I don't need yeah. to watch this show. <laughs> like, at least Steve Carell is chained to something. Like, <laughs> I walk out of the room when the trailer for In Treatment is on. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> 
Fair. I totally get it. <laughs> Damn. Well, think about like other therapy sessions that have been depicted in, you know, modern entertainment. Think about Tony Soprano. Think about like other other situations like that. So it's very interesting to kind of think about, you know, like what is our collective tolerance for this kind of situation? If you're already in therapy yourself, it's like, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with Nyan. You know, I'm getting that out at that at that moment, so to speak. So I don't necessarily need to think about or being in that situation repeatedly. That being said, you know, I definitely, I'm definitely kind of in, be- in between both you guys, I think, right there. So I, I, I definitely, I only got through three because, again, time restrictions for me have been kind of crazy these, these past couple of weeks. But I fully intend to finish this off. Again, I think I'm with, I'm with Jason here. It's like, ah, oh, there's only 16 minutes left. It's kind of a thing. And I'm definitely with you there. And I'm definitely feeling, you know, Dom Hall Gleason a lot in that kind of, you know, serial killer vibe, so to speak. And one thing that I'm wondering, and I don't know if this is intentional with regards to this, but I think that like the way that the episodes are kind of put into place, it's kind of like meant to kind of keep you as a viewer unsettled. Like mm. kind of, so I, I almost feel like Sea Crawl is in the hot seat, which is usually opposite, you know, with the patients usually in the hot seat, if you will. And he's chained there. And he's he's captive here, and, it, and it's almost as if like the audience is becoming captive because they rope you in with that, like you know that that zinger at the end of the episode, like Jason was saying. So I kind of almost kind of felt that a little little bit. I was kind of like, I'm I'm going to watch more of it because I'm enjoying you know, aspects of it for sure. But I think that I am kind of feeling captive as part of the series. Does that mean you're also going to get kind of random Asian takeout? I hope every, so. for every episode because you're going to be ordering a lot. Those episodes are so short. I was honestly like I was watching the last like one and a half. Cheryl had decided to order a pizza tonight. So I, I got my, you know, my vegan friendly stuff since I can't do the dairy anymore. But anyway, I, but honestly, I was craving fun before she got home. <laughs> it's a little chilly outside right now here out here in Hell's Kitchen. But, you know, I think at some point I'll, I'll get my pho. Where are they? They suggest that they're like deep in the woods and they're not close to anything, but he's coming home with all sorts of like various ethnic foods. If you've ever spent any time in a small town, you'll have like one Chinese restaurant that's been there for 60 years and that's it. You're not getting like all these uh, unique and interesting different restaurants. It has to be obviously someplace that's, you know, relative that has seasons. So we know it can't be too far south. And, but it has to be someplace where obviously there are more observant Jewish communities. Now, I think there's a finite amount of places that we could probably hash out that would have those things plus enough ethnic cuisine in a metropolitan area that you could easily get to and also get back out to the country. My guess was like Northern California suburb. But oh, yeah. Okay. I kind of see that. Yeah. But you're yeah, right. It was that. really hard to tell. And that's like, you know, trying to get all that stuff together, you know, to. And pick a place that'll actually have all that stuff is weird. And the flashback with his mom at the wedding and the fact that you know she's you know a cantor and has a guitar, I think that that definitely would lend itself, I think, to the Cal- the Northern California mindset. Oh, so I think that's that, that's that might be good. That actually might be a good call. I don't know. I've been going to uh, multiple bar mitzvahs this year. I'm pretty sure every Reformed temple has a female cantor with a guitar. <laughs> that's fair too. That's fair too. Again, if you went to Reformed services at Brandeis, I guarantee you there was someone with a guitar. Oh, I, I ushered High Holidays. The well, I, I definitely ushered the Reform High Holiday services, and I remember Sarah Chandler out there with a the guitar. Yep, one hundred percent. That totally yes. happened, and, and I forgot about the the issue with like Orthodox yeah. men not wanting to be around women doing stuff. Generally, it seems like, and I was like, man, wow! If they're this upset about a guitar, wait till I find out she might, she could own land and vote. Like that's gonna. <laughs> 
that's gonna be problematic. It's very interesting because like there 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 are a lot of instances in different types of households where they're again they, they call he he called it rebelling in the series. But again, there are some people that you know legitimately have some sort of life changing event brush with possible or close to being close to death. Or in some cases, they have a religious experience when they when they when they visit Israel or something like that. So there are people, you know, that, that come out of, I would say, less observant households, and they do come to a point where they basically feel the need to become even more orthodox. Family member uh, on Cheryl's side, basically, I, I'm not going to go too much into logistics, basically, but again, he had a very important, moving religious experience, and and that literally changed the path of his life, and and. And everyone was already, you know, kind of non-orthodox, basically. But you know, he went to great extents. You know, he moved to a, a community, and he basically was building his roots there. In that regard, so again, the people, this is something that actually legitimately happens a lot from time to time, from my understanding. So Anna has like a family friend who has like a similar situation. It was the family was. I'm not even sure that they were reformed. Like they just weren't really religious at all. And then one of the kids just went orthodox. And it kind of felt like in this show, it, it was kind of like kind of an F you to the family. Like, I'm out of here. I found God. The rest of my family is heathens. I'm out of here. You know? <laughs> I get that. I mean, I think that, you know, for, like for me, you know, I mean, for those of you who don't know me, I'm not particularly, I, I would say I'm spiritual, but I'm definitely not observant, so to speak, especially wasn't so growing up. I think that I, there was a time, you know, I would go in my life where I literally would go to to shul and Friday nights consistently. I wouldn't always go on Saturdays because I was busy usually doing something, either work or other something else like that. But I would go to, there was a time where I was going almost every Friday night to services, basically, which is way more than the majority of my family does, honestly. So again, I did have that kind of the, the draw to that community element of things. Because for some people, it's all about observance. It's all about the commandments and everything else that, that go along with that, right? And, and that, that being that level of observing, observing the Sabbath, keeping kosher, doing the whole nine yards because they, because they believe that it brings structure or it brings this sense of community or, 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 the, or the sense of closeness to to God, so to speak. And so I think that there's, again, if that's what you feel, that's fine. You also have to understand your mother and your father will always be your mother and father. I definitely, for my wedding, for example, because it was you know conducted in a non-Orthodox temple, I wanted to be observant of that to an extent. So obviously, kosher food did... Everything by the book. We we did a lot. We did have people sit separately for the ceremony because we wanted to keep the ceremony as traditional as possible. And then for the reception, though, people were allowed to sit with with their families. Felt like that religious pomp and circumstances here, and then you know we want to do that. So again, every, everyone has a different way of how they handle things. That's just how I I, I handled it basically. So. And I think this proves my point. We're watching a show about a serial killer, and we spent the last ten minutes talking about the Jewish aspects of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that that was going, that was one of the things that pulled him in. So I don't know. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But yeah, there is not as much time spent on the serial killer part of it. And sorry to, to backtrack a little bit, but something mm-hmm. that, when we were trying to place exactly where this could be taking place, I forgot one thing that occurred to me when I was watching it is that this serial killer runs on Duncan. And so that yeah. has to be a place that has donuts. It's got to be East Coast. Yeah, I mean they do have it on the West Coast, but the way he's like downing that by the gallon, that's yeah, 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 that's a good point. It could be New Jersey. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. because there are some places like if you're in North Jersey, you've yep. got a lot of like multi-ethnic neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of, but at the same time, you're not a far distance from a cabin in the woods or a small house in the woods. Right, you drive two and a half miles out from the town center, and you're easily. Acres and acres away from the next house. 
I'll be honest, part of me wants it to be in the suburbs of Chicago because that means he inspects the bear. And oh, maybe <laughs> this ends, but like if he is if this in the same two, universe, he moves to Chicago and he inspects the bear during season two of the bear. I think that's the ultimate. That would be an awesome crossover. <laughs> <laughs> the finale of the bear is Jeremy White. What is his name? Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy Allen White. Yeah. Jeremy Allen White getting dragged into a cabin in the woods <laughs> and killed. <laughs> and then Richie shows up late. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. But he at least has his license back, which is great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. Honestly, I think the answer he didn't really want the new format of the bear. He wanted the Italian beef again. I think that's what happened. So <laughs> makes sense. Going back to the kind of the seal kill element, because we could probably talk about you know Judaism for a very long time, obviously as well. It's interesting how they definitely focus a lot on the compulsion element mm. of things. I think there's a, a lot of save like Dexter and a few other kinds of killers that we've seen on on, in, in, on the screen out there. It's interesting to see how they kind of deal with that and they kind of show the way that he talks. Because when he, he normally when he walks in, he puts in the food. He's all he's all about the food. He's like talking about the food. He's calm. He's expressive. Talks about like you know the, what the origin of this is and how good this is, why this is amazing. You can get it out here, and then all of a sudden, boom! The moment he starts talking about either his past or the compulsion to to kill, it like completely changes his demeanor. I think that was very interesting. Yeah, I feel like he's doing a good job with this in terms of pulling the serial killer stuff together. I, I feel like there's more to go, but at least for the first three episodes I saw, I thought he was he had he seemed to have the right demeanor for it. like I, I believed it the whole time it was it didn't take me out of it the mom on the, the fence about it. i'm not sure what uh, yeah uh, to be honest when she came downstairs and we found out that was his mom i have in all caps in my notes that's how i met your mother <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing oh my gosh yeah i hope i really hope someone like thought of that and like memed it somewhere and read it i really hope that that, that happened <laughs> for me it was it was twists like that they did continue to keep this interesting in terms of like the even though we're not getting a ton of we're starting to get development in the first three episodes in terms of the serial killer part of it the pulling the mom into it and and then also bringing in the body like at the end of the third episode like that stuff is has been enough to keep me interested and also knowing that it's only 10 episodes maybe that's part of it right that yeah, yeah it is finite I'm going to get somewhere at the end. I'm hoping, right? Otherwise, why was this recommended to me? No more voicemails. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, ultimately, I think that's what's been pulling me along so far. Like, I think I'm going to, Kate was interested in this. I think I'm going to stop and let her catch up and then going to try and keep going with it. And I also kind of, maybe I'm just, it's the, it's the actor ch- tied to something that reminds me of one of my earliest and biggest acting roles, the playing Roberto Miranda in Death and the Maiden, where I was tied to a chair oh, yeah. most of the time. Most of the time. Oh play, my gosh. I could- <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Wow. I can I can feel myself. Or I can certainly empathize with Steve Carell in this situation. Well, I, I think this is, there's been more than just one occurrence of that, of, of empathizing with Steve Carell, because the waxing scene, which I mentioned before, I think <laughs> you, you too have been through that as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't yell as much as he did. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. First time I had my entire upper body wax, the waxer was this woman of indeterminate Eastern European origin who every time she pulled something, she just would look and say, why aren't you reacting? Are you drunk? Are you high? And I'm like, no, I just have a high pain tolerance. And, then, and she's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and then she comes out and tells my ex at the time, at the time you, you're a very lucky woman. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess I parallel with Steve Carell quite a bit. 
Maybe. Yeah. Next yeah. Thing I know, Actually, now that I think about it, I, I distinctly remember me filming you going in or coming out of one of those appointments. I remember. Oh, I think it was the first one. Yes, it was the first. It was the first one. Okay, yeah, okay. I wouldn't remember what it was. I, I probably still have that video somewhere, but, but but no, folks. I'm sorry, I will not be providing that for free airing on the internet at this yeah, time but. for the good of humanity. <laughs> or if you ever start a Patreon and people want to pay to see that, exactly. That's that, that's called the only wax. You know, <laughs> <laughs> only waxes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only for our elite tier Patreon members. That's like one of those you know those challenge things you do on like you know TikTok or Instagram Reels. You know, it's like it's the wax challenge. Will you get you the top of your <laughs> your chest you know, waxed in front of everybody? But I think that clinically speaking, again, again, I don't work in the field or whatnot, but I, I, I am think about these things sometimes. And I, think, I thought that I was torn. You know, is bringing the mom in for the family session? I understand why he wanted to do that because he wanted to kind of force the truth to come out in session about talk and, and, and kind of bring more comfort level to talking about the father and talking about the situation that may or may not have developed, you know, part of his, you know, compulsion is, 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 is kind of personality in that regard. But part of me just doesn't can't help but wonder that he wanted her there for comfort that he wouldn't necessarily get murdered in front of his mom, a and B also trying to warm up to her a little bit. So he, she would let him out when her son was away at work. So I feel like there's a little bit of a kind of a, some of it might be legitimate clinical path, but some of it might be a little bit more of, of safety slash subterfuge coming from the situation. So I, I was wondering that. Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, honestly, I don't know how you bill for any of this. Like, what, like what, what <laughs> how do you code this? Like, I guess I, I can imagine, I don't think he's in network. I, I'd imagine someone <laughs> of his caliber probably is out of network because he doesn't want to deal with yep. insurance. But he's going to have to code for it and bill for all this. Like, it's it's going to be a mess. And Sam's going to have a really, really big bill to pay at the end of this. And I, he doesn't even have the NHS to, to rely on, like the folks are trying to. <laughs> he's, he's got a book, too. He's got to be charging at least 600 an hour. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Do that 24 hours a day. What are you at? Yeah. Uh, that's almost $1,500. No, $15,000 a day. That's Wild. crazy. Though I guess you can try and like deduct the fact that he is feeding him, and like right. fair enough, you can offset some of the costs. <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk about the fact that approximately twenty percent of this show is Dom Hall Gleason peeing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because yes. I, you know what, it, I wondered <laughs> if they were going to try and do something funny because it's Steve Carell, right? And that right. seemed to be the closest thing. And then I just thought, are they seriously just trying to do a parody of The Longest Pee by Adam Sandler? Yes. yes. But it's part <laughs> of a kidnapping. Like, this is so weird. It, does it? Is this going to go somewhere? Like, I will say, a spoiler for episode four, there's more pee. <laughs> I think it's the longest one yet. And you just watch Steve Carell's face, like, looking around the room, blankly, waiting with the sound of whooshing water. And... I'm like, I don't know, maybe this goes somewhere in the end, but... Oh, it has to. Come on. I guess if you were talking about it, this is in-network or not, it'd be more like yellow flush, yellow stream, as uh, you know, as was a blue class blue shield. I got it. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, no. Right. Well, again, he drinks that much coffee, so actually it does track... Right. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it does just track as far as the processing is concerned. Make some piss pals. True. It seems like he'll have more outs to actually get. Uh, there seems like it's going to lead to 
there being some out for him to actually try and escape in some way. Cause I get, I guess the other parallel I was thinking about was old boy where that guy was just stuck mm. and he just gave up mm-hmm. until they let mm-hmm. him out. The peeing has to be something, which is not a phrase I'd ever sentence. I'd ever thought I'd say. <laughs> Peeing's got to be something you guys. <laughs> It's like I always say, you know, in reference to Ghostbusters, you know, don't cross the streams. <laughs> good advice. Very good advice. It'll be interesting to see, like, you know, we're, we're definitely how this all plays out. And, and, I, and I think that in seeing, like, the, the brief, like, imaginative flashes that he has, smashing the pitcher and uh, using the shards from that <laughs> to, you know, murder him back in his head, if you will. That, that, it's interesting to see if, if those episodes will become more frequent as time goes on. Mm. I mean, overall, it, I, I'm definitely. I think I'm. I'm definitely going to try and push forward and, and finish this up, and, and rope my wife into this as well. Cheryl watched one episode with me, and then she just was not interested. <laughs> she will not be continuing, but I, I will be continuing. So I'm 40 percent of the way through the series. If this thing was hour long episodes for 10 or 13 episodes, I don't think I would make it. But at this point, I think it's worth it to like give it a chance, see where it's going and figure out what's going to happen here. And like you said, having the option to have multiple episodes back to back and not having to wait week to week is, I think, going to improve our experience. So, like we oh, said. Oh, yes. definitely, yeah. Definitely. So I think that's what we thought. happened folks which uh, brings us to the end of another episode of the watch okay please podcast we hope you had a good time listening to us spout more nonsense today and hope you join us next week for another exercise in utility in the meantime please rate and review us on either apple Podcasts or spotify or just tell a friend about us until next week keep on watching <laughs>